Horror Podcast. I, as ever, I'm Sharky, and I'm joined by my dear friend and colleague, George. Astro Boy. George. <laughs> oh, we'll be Astro Boy this week. Well, you're George. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, and it's a great privilege to be joined this time by a man who requires some introduction. <laughs> um, Sharkologist and all-round good egg, genuine nerd. Thomas Hughes. Thomas, how the devil are you? Thank you. It's glad to be back again, Roscoe. I should put my glasses on the way of my nose in the studio. Your glasses up just as no, Actually, they're broken. <laughs> I, I broke them the other day, actually. So oh, I, I see. From I, see. I see. If I'd known he was wearing glasses, I'd have broke my glasses. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, that's cool, man. I don't think you... Well, you know, they make you look like a scientist, don't you? They do, yeah. You're looking at geek, uh, Thomas Hughes. Yeah, made me look like a sexy scientist. That's cool. So, uh, Gil, how have you been since the last time that we spoke? Alright, I've, I've been uh, keeping up work at the Invisible Hospital. <laughs> okay. Uh, <that> is, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah I've, I've mostly just been catching up on the first two series of Luther. Mm-hmm. Because Anne had never watched it, so I was waiting let's watch it. And mm-hmm. now I've got one episode of the third series to watch, so while we're doing this, she's catching up on the first three. Awesome, so, very cool. Yes. Simpatico. Simpatico. <laughs> um, well, you know, it's, it's all been pretty shark themed this week, because obviously we're, this week, Bodacious Horror is officially jumping the shark. <laughs> um, and hey. yeah, so uh, a is <laughs> um, so yeah. The the only additional film to the ones that, that we have advertised uh, that I managed to see this week uh, was what was the the world's end? The world's oh yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah and the world's end. I was there. Bedacious listener, uh, ideal cynic was was also there. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's a very handsome man, isn't he? That's a handsome man. Yeah. Quite correct. Quite correct. So really teenage fan club style Are we going to review that at some point in the future, do you think? Or? Yeah, we will, but I think we should wait until after it's out in America. Yeah, good idea. Good. Um, apart from that, I saw Swamp Shark, um, which uh, Thomas kindly, well, I say kindly, uh, sent me through the post. Um, Thomas, what were you thinking with that one? Uh, well, I just thought it looked really good. I actually, no, I, I, I like Swamp Shark. Cool, man. Cool. Well, we can get back, we can come back and discuss that later on. Um, yeah, and we've also been, uh, I've also uh, been looking at a couple of, well, the fan edit, the Star Wars, Phantom, uh, Phantom Menace Star, Star Wars edit, um, which is called Shadow of the Sith. Um, so that was pretty good, so look forward to getting my teeth into it's that one. Somebody trying to improve quite possibly the greatest Star Wars film ever made. <laughs> <laughs> you know I've got an episode one t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> it always gets looks. It's either looks at absolute respect. Or <laughs> Sorry. 
Very good. Very good. He's another good t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, there's no Jar Jar Binks on it. That's, that would just be the, the icing on the cake. There is a dip. There's a fan edit that's removed all the racial stereotypes. It's about 37 seconds long. It's actually unbelievable the number of racial stereotypes in yeah. that film. Um, so, yeah. Uh, crazy. And very bad uh, ethnic impressions as well. Yeah. <laughs> and boss nas. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much all he does. Yeah. As much as I was looking forward to having just watched the first kind of 20 minutes of it, it seems like it's <laughs> not enough speed. <laughs> I think if they just mug it in the window, it would have probably been a better edit, to be yeah. honest. Um, but yeah. Uh, as with us. Um You really like the end credits. <laughs> oh yeah, some, sometimes the end credits are pretty good. Aren't they? Title scroll. <laughs> um, so Thomas, have you watched any exciting movies last week? Uh, or I don't anything exciting, anything at all. I'm back from holiday, so I haven't had a chance to watch oh, any yeah. uh, good movies uh, in Alaska. Do you want me to just talk about movies I've seen since the last time I've been on the podcast? Or just if there's anything that, that may be a very extensive. Uh-huh. <laughs> if there's anything that's particular interest, I would like to talk about movie forty three, please. If that's alright. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. When did you think of that one? Yeah, I saw movie forty three a couple of months ago. As did I. Uh, I'm not sure it deserved the uh, slaughtering it got to tell the truth. <laughs> that's the one with all the famous people. Oh, yes, uh, and in doing these ridiculous sketches. And uh, I was just reading today about uh, an interview with uh, Mr. Hugh Jackman, of him of Wolverine fame, and uh, he was laughing about, he was talking about movie 43, and uh, uh-huh. he has a very particular scene in movie 43 mm-hmm. that he does with Kate Winslet, and he was on stage with her two weeks after he recorded that, mm-hmm. and uh, he couldn't stop laughing because every time he saw Kate Winslet, he imagined himself doing that scene with her. Yeah. But um, yeah, I don't know why, it's really, I, I thought- For our listeners at home, what Thomas is trying to say yeah, is that- He's with his willy. He's got, he's got testicles. Yeah, Hugh Jackman has, I've ruined this adventure, Hugh Jackman has testicles on his chin. Basically, <laughs> basically <laughs> nobody should watch this film, so don't worry about spoiling. <laughs> actually, I think you should watch a movie 43. That's really weird, I saw a film once where I think that Kate Winslet had testicles on her chin. <laughs> That's the specialist. Yeah, that was the extended cut of Titanic. <laughs> um, Do you want to paint so yeah, it like one of your French girls? Which which scenes did you particularly like the movie for? I just thought it was just uh, it was like gross out funny. Yeah, I wasn't the going watching it. I came to the opinion uh, was uh, when it came out. I said, oh. Uh, my lady found a copy of it, uh-huh. and she said, and I said, oh my god, that's the worst movie of all time, I must watch it. And then I watched it and I thought, that's not the worst movie of all yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a really, that was actually, actually really well made. Yeah. <laughs> and the humour in it is, well, what you were expecting, it's a gross out comedy. Mm. And there was mm. some bits where I actually went, ha 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 ha! Stephen Melchant's got a penis on his face. Yes, I actually, I actually did love that sketch, because it was just so ridiculous. You had to go along with it. And there was one. So t- one joke is that somebody's got testicles <laughs> in their face, and when everyone is there, a there's p- also a really good one. For a mouth, is there's also a really, one? really good one where uh, I think, if I remember rightly, Jared Butler is playing a leprechaun, which made me absolutely fall on the floor. <laughs> that's a, absolutely. Yeah, and so, he's so, so that's a recommend from from. Movie Tom. Forty Three is something that you should definitely should watch. And did you like the framing device? 
Yes, but this is the thing about the framing device. It's meant to be, the story is meant to be that they've gone and meant, the story is that actually they're looking for a movie that supposedly doesn't exist and they're looking through the internet and they are uh, having, trying to find it and every time they find it they find these little scenes. Yeah. And apparently the story in America is different. Yeah, that's right. And I don't think it would work from the story in America where it's more about threatening a movie executive. It works differently. It frames itself a lot better sure. on the uh, European cuts. Gil's so. covering his heels. Uh, yeah, I was just avoiding spoilers about the framing device. <laughs> okay. What is revealed about the framing device so that I can then watch the film fresh, <laughs> just knowing about penises and testicles. To be fair, most of the films that I watch, I'm expecting to be a penis and some testicles appear. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not really spoiled anything. No, I don't think we're spoiling anything. One of the things that I've been. Uh, looking up or reading a lot about recently is um, the anniversary of Bruce Lee's death. Right, um, that was just the other day. Uh -huh. Yeah, um, and there's an interesting topic which I think is happening in Hollywood called race bending, um, where uh, supposedly people are cast or not cast because of the, the race they are. Like, uh, the most common example more recently was in the Avatar, the last airbender movies. A movie meant to be set in the Chinese world, they ne never cast one Asian. So I've been reading a lot about it and I'm going uh -huh. to be looking up soon a documentary called The Slanted Screen. So I'll give you a little review on it. Very like cool. Much about Very it. cool. Yeah, you're, it's you're... also because uh, next uh, year, the um, I'm sure there's going to be an example of it coming up. Uh -huh. I remember, uh, I can't remember the, the actor who wanted to cast him. He wanted to be uh, Spider-Man, but he was black. And oh, people right. started okay. giving him uh, all sorts of shit about his online, uh -huh. sure. not knowing obviously that Spider-Man is black in one of the uh, yeah, sure. say, the, massive the, the ultimate, in the ultimate, ultimate universe. Yeah, but uh, apparently Jamie Foxx has been cast as Electro uh -huh. for the next uh, yeah, yeah, uh, Spider-Man movie. So I'm right waiting to see whether this bubble of shitstorm and racism starts bubbling up again sure. from the geek clique. But yeah. for the moment, I'm going to be watching the slant. Jaradine was in Kung Fu as well. Yeah, th this this is the the idea of the race bending, and it's existed throughout Hollywood. But it's something that I've been reading a lot about recently. And you're also going to be giving us a wee update about uh, video game titles. Yeah, just um, I remember mentioning uh, a little bit of Resident Evil. Mm -hmm. The guy who did Resident Evil, I think his name is Shinji Mikari. I might have that name a little bit wrong. Mm -hmm. It's either Shinji Mikari or Shinji Mikari. Uh -huh. Anyway, he he left Resident Evil, I think, at Resident <laughs> Evil 4, and he is now making a new game called The Evil Within, and that's going to be out soon. Shinji Mikari, yeah, and he is doing this movie called uh, this thing called you can see it there. And we have a Google in front of us uh, called The Evil Within, in which people are getting a little bit excited about. So check that out when the cut starts coming out. And I'm sure I mentioned to um, Gil about this movie, but I don't think I mentioned it in the podcast, where you play this toddler uh, who's just about to drift off to sleep. And it was it's called Beyond Sleep. Oh, yeah. That, I think, has now been funded. So that is now... Oh, right. Wow. I think that was actually on the podcast. Yeah, it's, I'm sure that has been funded. So uh, mm -hmm. that will be coming out soon. So if anybody's interested about mm -hmm. it. Among the Sleep. Yeah, right. it's actually done very well. 
I also quite like it that one of the things you do get if you give a lot of money is they give you a teddy bear, which is <laughs> quite cool. Uh, but uh, yeah, so if you like your horror, keep an eye out for that. How much is the teddy bear? Yeah, I think it was like $200, <laughs> part of the $200 well, funding. <laughs> they can fuck off, oh, I've got a teddy bear. Yeah, but uh, if you want, that's, uh, that's the update for your video game horror. It's two things to keep an eye on if you, Great. If you like it. Send me $250,000. Uh, uh, some more Kickstarter that we saw was the Monsters one. What was that again? The classic Monsters fighting game. Oh yeah. Oh, I can't remember what that was called. We uh -huh. talked about it the other week. Yeah, it was uh, Ron Cheney. Um, Ron Cheney that was behind it. But I don't, I don't remember offhand what the what the name of it was. Um, be interesting to see whether that one's been. Um, Monster. What is it like? Um, I'm going to be really Wolf geeky Man here. and Vampire. Yeah, this sounds like Darkstalkers. That would exist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that, I mean, that is, I, I did mention that the last time. Yeah. I couldn't remember the exact name, but the cap, but the, but yeah. So, I, mean, I don't understand why there's something on Kickstarter. There already is a monster fighting game. It's called Darkstalkers. <laughs> <laughs> Go and play it. I, I think at some point we're going to have to do an entire episode on Kickstarter because <laughs> It's quite controversial at the moment. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, absolutely. Very much so, very much so. Even Spike Lee is using it despite the fact he's got this multi-million old boy remake. Well, that's so. That's he's, he's worth 40 million <clears> and he wants 1.25. If you've not got that faith in your own your product, domain, yeah, then, absolutely. then you can pretty much fuck off. If yeah. I had 40 quid and I was going to make a film that would cost me £1.25 that I thought was awesome. I when you make £1.25. Yeah. So uh, the the game that I was referring to was Clash of the Monsters. Um, it's a 2D, 2D fighting game uh, featuring classic monsters and heroes of the horror genre. Um, so talking about Frankenstein, Dracula, Van Helsing, uh, Phantom, of course, uh, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde and so on. Um, so yeah, it's pretty basic, but it seems to have made a small amount of money. Um, and among the sleep, I made a quarter of a million dollars. Oh, you could just go just, online. Has it made its target? Yeah, it's made its target. It's only one thousand seven hundred dollars. I mean. Well, there you go. See, so you can make a game for so, that yeah. much. So it's going to be there. That's cool. Or you can just go online, go and just go buy uh, a version of Darkstalkers Resurrection. And yeah, fine as well. <laughs> I bought a game tonight. I, I bought Borderlands 2 mm. for £7. Yeah, it's brand new as well. Oh, that that's good. That wasn't uh, like pre owned. But we, we did give Thomas a present as well. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> did. <laughs> we had a race to yeah. give Thomas a present. I don't know how he did it, but I went to say, I said to Thomas, Thomas, do you like robots? Yeah, I do. <laughs> and he robots. says, yes, I do like robots. So just as I reached down to pick up Robotropolis to get this thing off my hands, <laughs> Gil had already reached into his bag, his magic sack, and pulled it out. Sack magic. <laughs> and was in the process of giving that to Thomas. So I'm still bumbled with a copy of Robotropolis. So <laughs> anybody is particularly keen to see that one. competition I know, oh, exactly. <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't dignify it with the postage, to be honest. <laughs> um, yeah, so speaking about dignity, uh, you went to see uh, Bam Margera this week as well, didn't you? Well, yeah, that was the end, end of last week. Uh -huh. yeah. How did you enjoy that? He's a man who has no dignity and deserves no respect. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Pretty much. That was, it, yeah. was, 
it was I didn't go to see him. I went to see my uh, my friends Brian's band, the Jackhammers, who were one of the opening acts, and they were brilliant. The band that we're on after them were brilliant as well. Then Bam and certain members of CKY came on stage and just made me feel sorry for the world. Yep. Apparently he took a shit in the street earlier on in the day, yeah. but oh, that's what he's known for. Uh, if I take a shit in the street, <laughs> you know, I don't get paid like a couple of grand to then go and do a fucking gig. I know. I went past him uh, actually in Sucky Hall Street and he was sitting there with the King of the Gypsies shouting abuse at all women. <laughs> and it was just like, what a fucking idea. <laughs> he's just like, oh man, you're an absolute disgrace, son. Yeah. Fuck me. He's, he's just a fucking arsehole, white faced cunt prick motherfucker surrounded by some of the most hideous types of enablers that you could yeah, possibly absolutely. find. I was trying to cut back on the language, but I'll join in. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh, we have so we did we have like finally we made the episode of Cortland Hall had no swearing on it. But even still iTunes classes it as explicit. I think they just expect it all this. Yeah. So Yep. Um, and that'll be a culture shock anybody that listened to that one in English. Oh, these boys are lovely, I'll take it away. You are lovely boys, I'll take your shoes off. I have to take your shoes off. Right oh, oh, yeah, I'll take your socks off. Thank you. Oh, love hot socks. No, little dots. Not little dots. Oh, 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 To be fair, it is pink on white. Alright, guys, we're going to take a short break and we'll be back to discuss the magnificent sand sharks. Yay! Take a journey with the Phantom Eric as he explores the last 100 years of horror. 100 films to be explored, each one with the related themes, actors, and directors that made the last century of horror cinema so great. Travel the world from Germany to Scandinavia, Italy to France, North America, and everywhere in between, with no stone left unturned. The zombies are locked up, the vampires are asleep and the Prowlers have slain their last group of campers for the night. So take the hand of the Phantomerican Lester Reaper, as this is one time travel experience you won't want to miss. Oh, and it's Sandsharks. Sandsharks from 2011, directed by the great Mark Atkins, um, who's also the inventor um, of the Atkins Diet. <laughs> he's also the director of the Atkins Diet, but he has actually directed a whole host of uh, mock busters, including Battle of Los Angeles, Princess of Mars, uh, The Terminators, mm. uh, Haunting of Winchester House, The Land That Time Forgot. Um, the Land That Time Forgot? Journey to the Centre of the Earth. Alien vs. Hunter. Alan Quatermain in the Temple of Skulls. Um, so yeah, many more. Doom boy. Doom boy. <laughs> there we go. Oh. So that's that's Mark Atkins. Um, uh, it was written by uh, Joe Benkins and the Cameron. inventor of the Benkins diet. <laughs> the rivals, bitter rivals, uh, and Carl Cameron um, Larson. Um, and it stars 
Well, Brooke Hogan from TNA Wrestling, <laughs> of course. Not the main and, star. And from Hulk Hogan's Willie. I would say she is the main star. Well, she's the one that she plays. I, I'd say that Parker Lewis uh-huh. is the main star. Okay. Kind of is. <laughs> I can't remember whose character was. No, well, he wasn't the main character. If you think he's no, the main character, no, just to uh, point you. Uh, the, the guy that organises the party, his yeah. real name's not Parker Lewis, yeah. but the actor was in a series years ago called Parker Lewis. I see, Camp I see, Lewis. I see. Corin Nemec as Jimmy Green. Yeah, yeah. that's it. He um, was brilliant in it. <laughs> Brooke Hogan as Dr. Sandy Powers. Dr. Sandy Powers. As a sharkeologist. <laughs> um, what would her name be if she was a gynecologist? <laughs> Vanessa Lee Evigan. I wonder if she's that a That would be a good name for her. Greg Sorry. Evigan, I don't know. Um, Brenda Stone. Um, the inventor of the Stone diet. <laughs> Where you just eat stones. Yep. Uh, <laughs> right, okay, so I think we can move on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Atkins and that other guy with their massive rivalry is because Atkins says no bread and the other guy says oh yeast oh. bread. <laughs> That's the Binkins diet. Right? But he, he said that it would have been more popular if the Beatles had been nice enough to license the music to him. Because yeah. he did want it to be oh you eat his bread. <laughs> do, do. Then he lose the weight. Right. So, yeah, how's your Beatles rock band going? Is it good? I haven't played it since last time we talked about it. Yeah. Retired from the biz. (laughs) Um, About 1970, I split up the band. (laughs) (laughs) So, the synopsis is uh, long and tortuous. A shark who swims in sand terrorises a tropical paradise. Yeah. (laughs) So, that's it. Um, So, sand sharks, what was... Well, should we start with Thomas, perhaps? You're the one yeah. that you're, you're really to blame. You are the sharkologist. You're the sharkologist as well. Well, um, can, can I just point out that um, after the last show I did, uh, you said you were mentioning doing sharks. And, uh-huh. uh, uh, and you know I've regretted that I've said this. So I got assessed for sharks, and everybody else got assessed for sharks. <laughs> and, and then you told you to yeah. watch three shark films that you wouldn't have picked. Yeah. Uh, basically, the idea, my original idea, was what I said to you, was to watch Megalodon Free, uh-huh. and uh, the original, uh, and this show was going to be called Jumping the Barrowman. Uh, ah. <laughs> oh, brother, so Jump, Jumping the Barrowman, brother. Oh, I forgot that it John Barrowman. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But then you would have watched it. I would have watched it. <laughs> God damn it! It's a good, but yeah. Well, did you watch that one? Uh, I only watched like 10 minutes of that one, unfortunately I had other stuff to do. Oh, right. <laughs> okay. So I haven't got round to Megalodon 3, but because of well, this... I'm glad you brought it up anyway. <laughs> uh, because, well, I will watch it eventually. It's because, not only... When I mentioned that I was doing the shark thing to uh-huh. various places where you buy row rent, rent DVDs, people come up to you and say, Oh, have you watched this one? Or have you watched this one? <laughs> So, uh, You've got a shark dealer? <laughs> Literally, yeah. Every time. Both, both in Sterling. Him. Both in Sterling and in Edinburgh when they said, we're doing this. And they say, oh, well, we got that one, and we got that one, and we got that one. Uh, one of the recommendations was Two-Headed Shark, which um, also contains the acting talents of Brooke Hogan, so I'll get onto that sooner rather than later. Bait also appeared up, but I saw the, uh, tra- the, uh, the back of the cover for Bait, and I didn't want to watch that. That bait, the story of bait apparently is there's a big massive flood and they get stuck in a supermarket and then the shark's in the supermarket. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get near the bread aisle! And it's meant to be set in Australia as well. He's on the baker's diet! <laughs> <laughs> I think he's meant to be set in the baker's diet! Nothing! 
them into the frozen goods that they'll I just get a feeling that that shark is going to get trapped in the fridge in it some But I didn't trust the back of the cover of that because I showed I was a kid in it and those movies are never good, you've got to dedicate kid. No, not on that. So yeah, also my brother has got me a movie which maybe I watched tonight actually, it's got me this movie called Moby Dick. But this is Moby Dick the remake. And also starring John Barrowman. <laughs> I don't think so. But at the back of that cover it has a, the whale eating a helicopter. So uh, I keep stopping to get into that one. Do you know the interesting thing about Moby Dick is that it's just recently been um it's been remade uh, by a kind of a low budget uh, film company called mm. Age of the Dra uh, under the name Age of the Dragons and it's got Danny Glover. Anna nice. and Vinnie Jones. Um, <laughs> it looks uh, it looks pretty mockbustery, um, but yeah, quite fancy it to be honest. I saw that it was in the trailer for uh, one of the trailers that preceded uh, Sand Sharks. Yeah, so I skipped past them. So yeah, it looks, looks pretty good. I haven't seen the trailer. I didn't see the trailer for that. Yeah, so it's, it's a re- remake of Moby Dick except with dragons. Could I have a soundtrack by Moby? That would be a complete the uh, the image, wouldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, he's here in Melville's grandson. There you go. The writer of Moby Dick. Yeah. Yes. That's how Moby has never really had to pay for anything in his life. Yeah, that's very interesting. I see. Okay, so yeah. we go so back to Sandshark. Yeah. <laughs> You're the one that deviated. I right? wanted to deviate. I want to deviate a bit later on, but oh, we'll get from there. That's cool. Because I've got to mention something, but we'll go back to that. Um, I'll keep it in your brain. I'll keep it in my brain. No, there's a lot of things in there. Keep I'll it keep in your brain. Well, it's to do with Dr. Bold. That's something you might be interested in. But Absolutely. We'll head back to that a bit later on. Okay. Uh, yeah, Sound Sharks is terrible. <laughs> That's mm. all I can say in one go. Um, Sound Sharks is really weird movie. It seems to be two movies into one. For some reason, your Parker fellow, whatever it is, seems to be playing the comic relief in it. Mm-hmm. And to eventually, halfway through the movie, it decides to get all serious and decide, oh, we've got to kill these sharks after all. <laughs> we've had enough of all the killing. <laughs> and so, eventually, we're going to, like, oh, now we've got to kill them and we have a plan and this grizzled old dude is going to turn up and, and we're going to think of something and we're going to kill them. But apart from that, it seems to be... My favourite bit in it, actually, is... There's a bit in it where they said the sharks attacked this party in the beach that they managed to have, right? And they're all running around like crazy. But you can tell that the director gave the instruction, run around like you don't know what you're doing. Because they all seem to be going in different directions. <laughs> they all, and they, they, they all seem to be looking at the camera, but they don't seem to be running in the direction away from the beach. They all, all seem to be running around yeah, in the circle. Really, yeah. <laughs> try, and make, try and make use of their, I mean, they've got basically 30 extras, yeah. and they've just got them in a confined space, and they never do any kind of wide shots. And then, like, for the but I love it. It was just like shark ringa ringa rosies. Yeah. <laughs> and that's meant to be a festival that's in danger of having too many people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's like five feet of space between each and every. But I loved it. I just loved the way that they, they were kind of like moving away from the sharks, and also with half a mosh pit at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, yeah. I would like to point out that uh, we seem to be making fun of Brock Hogan 
May I just say that Brooke Hogan is one of the best things in this movie. She actually seems to keep a straight face through most of it. Yeah. And she actually points out this is actually a B-movie to the yeah. script. Yeah. Also, yeah. also, she does this little bit, I've got to stand up for this, to explain it. That uh, she she's she's kind of spray chum. They can't see spray. It. I know they can't see me, but I'm just explaining it to you. With standing okay. up, and it was kind of like she was shaking backing the beach. I like that. I imagine she was doing the shaking back or chumming the beach, and she was kind of she, and bum bum in the air, bum up in the air, doing the shaking back around this. Sh Come on, Sharky, shaking back, shaking right. back. You do the shaking back. You bring the anyway, I ha I have a plan with this. Uh, Actually, when I saw that, I just thought, you know, if I ever go to a TNA event, I would bring my copy of Shanshacks and get uh -huh. it signed by Brooke Hogan uh -huh. and ask her to put the words shake and back on it. <laughs> no, shake and back. Shake and back. It would make you, well, no, it would be just fine. But yeah, uh, I think. Brooke Hogan doing the shake in the back is my favourite. Yeah, I mean, there's some awesome lines that Brooke has to deliver, and yeah, she really uh, she deserves some kind of medal for managing to keep a straight face when she's saying, um, I don't want to belittle this tragedy that's happened, but we're kind of stuck between a rock and a shark place. Yeah. Um, and the other, the other line was, um, Eat this, you sand of a bitch. Is the other <laughs> yeah. Which is pretty good. Um, so yeah, Brooke Hogan, awesome. Mm. Um, okay, uh, what else did you like about it? Uh, I would like to point out about all these shark movies uh -huh. that whenever somebody puts it in the paper, surprise sandish, uh, surprise shark attack in the paper. It's not a surprise sh uh, shark attack mm -hmm. because it's in water. Sharks are in water. <laughs> <laughs> this is the only <laughs> the movie where you can actually put down surprise shark attack because it's, it's inland. <laughs> <laughs> Right, surprise yeah. shark attack is when you open the wardrobe and it falls on you. Exactly, that is surprise shark attack. There's no such thing as a surprise shark attack. I would like to point that out. Yeah. So, Gil, what did you think of this one? Uh, I didn't really like it that much, but I did. I quite liked at the start the Jimmy Green character, uh -huh. or Jimmy Greenberg, yep. as he was trying to get away from uh -huh. his, his uh, Jewish roots. His Jewish roots, for some strange reason. <laughs> but then they have a scene where he talks to his dad, and it's all about them making money. And then his dad goes like, "Lachayam!" And the two of them start you like, Excuse, "What are you? What is this film supposed to be saying?" <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I quite enjoyed that character. I thought mm -hmm. he was he was entertaining enough. Mm -hmm. But then, as Thomas was saying, when it gets to the middle and it's trying to be serious, he kind of he kind of like <laughs> flips, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there's. Have you just been tweeting lines? Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're now just looking at your own Twitter feed, going, "Well, here's lines from the film. You may not have pulled the trigger." but you supplied the bullet, or in this case, the beach. It's <laughs> <laughs> so, a uh, great line that's delivered towards Jimmy. Yeah. Um, so yeah. But yeah, at first when they did a Jaws reference, I thought, oh, that's, that's cute. Yep. When they just kept doing Jaws references, <laughs> and then another Jaws reference, and then sure. another one, I thought they've kind of, They've jumped the shark. Oh. <laughs> oh. Mm -hmm. oh. oh, 
I have to say I really enjoyed this one. Um, I know you were I raving was, about I was it. such a kick. At it. I, I wouldn't say I was raving. It's not like a, a kind of chore moment where you kind of just feel like you've just watched one of the most exciting things you've ever seen or anything. But it was a, it was certainly a lot more fun than I anticipated it being. Um, it's uh, it's a shark movie. It's a <laughs> stupid fucking sand movie. It's a shark movie, but. God damn it, it's a fun shark movie. <laughs> um, the CGI is terrible, that really yeah. lets it down. Um, that's, that is the big the big flaw in this film. I enjoyed Brooke Hogan. Uh, she's no particularly sold to look at either, and that helps. But I enjoyed all the characters, I have to say, and I enjoyed the way that it was put together. You'd have imagined that they could have maybe afforded a few more extras. Mm. Um, but do you know what I, I, I didn't like about it is the body count is getting really high on this one uh-huh. it's really high and when you get to that one ridiculous it's like oh come Just on give him a chance to leave the beach uh, yeah <laughs> come on figure it out <laughs> yeah like, this shark just killed like 40 people and people are still going up I think I might go to the beach <laughs> yeah. no yeah so as I recommend from you Mr. Mr. Rokotansky uh, I'd recommend it if it's on Netflix and you're on drugs. <laughs> <laughs> I think I concur. What do you think? Yeah, I think Sunshine is pretty awesome. I think you paid for You just said it was terrible! It is, but it's terribly good. <laughs> <laughs> no, you paid £4 for it, and I think that's a pretty fair, fair price. And it's for two. Yes, <laughs> it's for two, I'll buy it There you Easy. go, you've just sold it already. Easy. Um, okay, cool. So, shall we take a short break and then we'll be back to discuss Gil? Say the um, name of the film. Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus. Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus. We'll be back right after this. Do the shake and back and put the freshness back. Do the shake and back and put the freshness back. When you cough it smells fresh, you run the do. Every time you vacuum, remember what to do. Do the shake and back and put the freshness back. Do the shaking back and put the freshness back When your carpet smells fresh, your room does too Every time you vacuum, remember what to do Do the shaking back and put the freshness back Shaking back, the carpet and room freshener from Glade Okay guys, and we're most definitely back uh, These pair of lovely gentlemen slagging me off for <laughs> my mannerisms on this show Unbelievable You need no, to alter, no. you need to alter or there's chaos Good evening <laughs> when we went out with Ideal Cynic uh, the other night there, he was enunciating in the, the way that I tend to do on this show. It's like Warzel Gummidge has his own language. We also do that. Um, uh, okay, so we're, we're back to discuss Mega Shark vs Giant Octopus from the year 2009. Um, it was directed by Jack Perez, who's went on since then to direct some guy who kills people, um, which a lot of people have really enjoyed, uh, so that's cool. Um, it stars uh, Deborah Gibson, yeah. Stars uh, Deborah Gibson as Emma McNeil, uh, Lorenzo Lamas as Alan Baxter, Vic Cho as. Is it Seiji? What's his name? They pronounced it Shinzi, but technically. It will be a Sinji, I reckon. Mm. And you've got a t-shirt on just now that's got some Japanese writing on it. A little bit of kanji. Uh, as I mentioned earlier on with uh, the race bend and stuff. Oh, oh, yeah. was an interesting sit-to, if you will. I might go on and look. Very cool. <laughs> okay. Um, Jonathan Nation as Vince. 
Um, and he's the inventor of nations. <laughs> <laughs> Up till then, we didn't know what, no, we, what to no, call. We, nobody, we didn't even have countries. No. So there we go. Um, okay, guys. Uh, so, would you like to start this one off, Gil, since you're uh, I you're quite since enjoying I, it? since I spotted this in Poundland. Did your response a long time ago mm -hmm. and bought copies of it mm -hmm. purely based on the fact that the back cover has a picture of a bridge <laughs> and then a picture of a giant shark mm -hmm. no a picture of David Gibson, Gibson and then a picture of a giant shark and a giant octopus having a bit of a an argument and it just says fight <laughs> bridge <laughs> David Gibson <laughs> fight so yeah uh, this is from your friends at the asylum, of course. Yeah, our good um, friends. Our good friends at the asylum. Um, Every once in a while, I do enjoy something. Exactly, and they haven't let us down on this occasion. No, on this occasion. Well, that's that. <laughs> well, sometimes it's good to have friends who let you down. Sometimes, but other things come through for you. Yeah. So that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> that is something, yeah. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'm just saying I love this asylum. Uh, okay, go. Um, you so do love the asylum. I do love the asylum. Um, do you. So, you enjoyed Debbie Gibson, you saying? I, I thought. I was quite surprised by Debbie Gibson's acting. Mm -hmm. I, I thought that she kind of held this film together mm -hmm. with just her personality. She's got a very good personality for this kind of film, I think. Yeah, and I, I think that she was believable as a marine biologist in all the ways that Brooke Hogan was not. But she's not a doctor. Yeah. She's not a doctor. <laughs> yeah. she's, she's not got the qualifications. She's, she's, she's not. Sandy Powers had the doctorships. <laughs> she's Sandy, more, Sandy more of a psychologist. Well, Sandy Powers also has uh, credit for appearing in Avalanche Sharks, which yes. is which is was the intended sequel for uh, Sand Sharks. Yeah, and you were saying, Gil, you were going to update us on that. Uh, I I noticed a thing on on the Wikipedia page for uh -huh. it that says she was signed on to play Sandy Powers, but then had to pull out. No. Ah, goddamn. <laughs> So I, I don't know what the status is with that because she's still listed as the main character in IMDb. Which <laughs> is it's quite troublesome. Uh, yep. How, um, how can you have trouble about getting a movie made called Avalanche Sharks? <laughs> no, the film, the film's being made but she won't be in it. Yeah. Okay. That seems to be the problem. So what was your, what was your opinion on this one, Thomas? What did you reckon? I didn't like it. You didn't like it? <laughs> well, that's good. That's what I like. Controversy. That's cool. Uh, yeah, I you know I was quite happy that they that uh, can I how much can I spoil here? <laughs> oh, you can spoil it. It's in a pound shop. <laughs> <laughs> mm. I was quite happy that uh, Shinzi and Emma got it on halfway through the through the film, which I quite liked. Yeah, and uh, which as I know I mentioned earlier on about uh, Asians on screen, it was nice to see uh, a. a Dude from the East actually gets something on the screen. <laughs> screen this time yeah. around for once. Yeah. once again, the asylum's blazing oh, a trail. Yeah. Um, on the Wikipedia page, it does actually say that the, the Shinji character is 
notable by being one of the the few times yeah, he's actually, that's in American what, cinema actually, where an Asian man is the, the lead. Love that's interest, what I yeah. thought was really strange about it. I was actually really, really pleased that he was not treated as disposable yeah. <laughs> most of the time. And this was actually, I thought, you know what, I've just been reading this stuff about race bending. And uh, this is actually so weird that this low budget movie is actually treating the Asian character like a human being. For <laughs> <all things. laughs> yeah. From your your good friends at the asylum. Yeah. yeah. They have they have a nice relationship. Yeah, they, they do have a nice they relationship. They work that relationship into the film. Yeah. Completely believable. It. it works. Yeah. I did like the scenes with them together. Mm -hmm. uh, apparently according to the asylum, science seems to be going into a room and mixing lots of coloured liquids together. Yeah. <laughs> it was like they were in a Devo video. That was <laughs> You know you've succeeded when it when glows. When it glows, yes, it's like Reanimator. <laughs> that's what, they, they've actually turned to Jeffrey Coombs right here. Yeah. And that's them turning to the pheromones. Yeah, I think that's all to do with, you know, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde and the idea. I always remember when I was a kid, like in cartoons, Hyde formula was never a clear formula, which is described in the book. It's always like a horrible luminescent green. So yeah. green in science is always the colour of danger. <laughs> and it's also to do with a Hulk as well, I guess. But... Uh, Tiffany Deborah Gibson there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, I was just pointing out to Gil there that uh, the, the, a sequel has been made. Yeah. Um, well... It's Mega Python versus Gatoroid, <laughs> um, and it stars not only Deborah Gibson, but also uh, Tiffany. Yeah! Uh, <laughs> there was actually uh, a film that they made oh, called Mega they... Shark versus Crocosaurus, uh -huh, right. which the, the characters from this film mm -hmm. were all willing to go back and play those roles again. Uh -huh and then weren't asked. Oh. So there is a, a kind of indirect sequel with an entirely new bunch of characters. Very interesting, wow. It seems that in that uh, movie uh, mm -hmm. with Gatoroid mm -hmm. that uh, Deborah Gibson is not playing the uh, Emma, not Dr. McNeil. Yeah. She's playing an entirely new character. Do Dr. Nikki Riley. <laughs> so. Now she's a doctor. <laughs> Can you make up their mind? Are sharkologists doctors or not? <laughs> No, she's a pythonologist. A pythonologist, the snakes are doctors, sharks are not. And we know that she's a pythonologist because of her relationship with Shinzi. Yeah. So what did, what did we think of um, the, what was it, uh, the Irish guy who's... I quite liked him, he was cool. Um, yeah. He seemed to be that character. Uh, I take it Lorenzo Ramos was the, the name of the, uh, the military dude. I think yeah, so, yeah. I quite liked, uh, I've seen him around in lots of things. I liked his haircuts. For some reason I'm obsessed. <laughs> I think he was in Days of Our yeah. Lives. For some reason I'm obsessed, I'm calling this this at the moment, I, with people who have two haircuts. Uh -huh. It's when they, like, kind of like, that's, that's what I'm obsessed with. You're listening to Gilmore's Rose Goes to the They seem to have, like, fringes, but also seem to have back bits as well. I think, I'm sure Skirrets have started it. But now, I, I noticed there's a man the other day, I saw he had a shaved head, also a ponytail and a fringe, and I thought, now he's got three haircuts, that's fascinating. <laughs> he's the commento one, right? Yeah, that was, that was in a wrestling event, so I thought, yeah, I think you're allowed to have many haircuts <laughs> in a wrestling event. <laughs> but I was fascinated with his hair, I couldn't, I couldn't look at the ring because I was just thinking, what? 
How did you ask for that in the barbers? But anyway, <laughs> I love the idea that you go to a barber. <laughs> what do you want? I want the Lorenzo Lamas. Yes, that was exactly the haircut. It was a Lorenzo Lamas. Yeah. So <laughs> the, the Irish guy was Sean Waller, um, who played on Miles Sanders. He's actually passed away. Oh, uh, just he was after excellent. This. I liked him. Yeah, he was very good in this. Yeah. Um, he kind of plays the Irish one and you just fuck off. He <laughs> oh, was, was very good. He was a very yeah, likeable character. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I think that's what needs to drive a film like this, is it needs to have some kind of heart that make, that keeps you interested. It needs to have characters that are at least vaguely believable and uh, you need to have a story that's that's smaller than the than the, the big thing that's going on, but more important. Yeah. Um, more important to you as an audience. And I think they managed to achieve all those things very well. It's yeah, it's pretty fun. Believable submarine sizes this week. The mini sub looks like it's bigger than the room we are currently in, which is bigger than a mini sub. Very interesting. I know it's not a, ma a massively interesting thing to anybody that's normal, but Stephen Blackheart was in this. He was a, an extra in this, and people will know him from uh, Tromeo and Juliet. Um, I think he played Super. Murray Martini. And that, and he was also in Rockabilly Vampire, uh, which is phenomenal. He plays a lead role in that, um, and apparently he's in Super as well. But th those are the two things that people really know him for. Um, so yeah, awesome. So um, I would like to point out. And he was also in the H.P. Lovecraft film, the most recent H.P. Lovecraft Historical Society film. Um, what, was, what was that called? Oh, uh, the one that you bought on DVD. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll come back to me, I'm sure. Sorry, Thomas. Would you, yeah, I'd say? like to point out that I, I didn't like the movie, but it wasn't anything to do with the actors. To tell the truth, the thing that lets it down, it's the shark and the octopus, man. They're not yeah, good enough. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you're probably right. Um, uh -huh. the, to tell the truth, a shark having an octopus is not actually that exciting. They can't really have a proper fight. Yep. Um, they do have a proper they fight. They have a proper fight, but I just thought the octopus was always going to win, and then, oh, suddenly the shark managed to wound it, and how <laughs> did he manage to do that? And he bit his leg off. He bit off. his leg off, that was impressive. Then his leg came uh, back as a CGI. Really? Yeah, <laughs> I like... I didn't like... It's like... Oh, the, the wonky camera work. It's, I know it's meant it's a low budget movie, but mm -hmm. I just couldn't get into it that way. Did and you like that bit where he was saying, Oh, we're a bit getting married next week? Then he looks out the window and then oh, shark! Holy shit! <laughs> yeah, shark but I just knew that something was going to happen here. Shark coming flying towards the plane. I have, can I? I, I I'm going to keep this back, but I have rules <laughs> about shark movies, and I'll explain them all at the end if you wish. One of them, no Samuel L. Jackson. No, no Samuel L. Jackson is going to be the Another one should be no LL Cool J. <laughs> that was, what was... This is Deep Blue Sea, and yeah, I quite like that movie. So. Yeah. yeah, but I just thought LL Cool J as this insane, was he a chef? He was a chef, who was an escape from the ghetto, apparently. Yeah. And he had a parrot as a friend. Yeah. And so the shark ate his parrot, so he had every reason to be pissed. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the, the fact that he had every reason to be pissed because the shark ate his parrot. Wouldn't you? Not because he'd escaped from the ghetto <laughs> and was currently being attacked by a shark. Yeah. You're like, I should have just stayed at home. Why That's the final line of the film. I should have stayed in. The <laughs> yeah. So the the H.P. Lovecraft film that I was referring to, Stephen Blackheart, is the whisperer in the darkness. Yeah. You get from the H.P. Lovecraft Historical Society is very good. Yeah, um, that um, was good. Though. Yeah, it was cool. Um, okay, so after what it's worth, I really enjoyed that one. I thought it was uh, 
What, Mega Shark? Mega Shark vs Giant Octopus. I, I really dug it. I thought it was great fun. Um, it's it's not for everybody, this kind of thing, but it's uh, say it's the new Hollywood, man. It's, uh, <laughs> it, had, it did have better characters than a lot of the films we've seen from the Asylum, I think. And I think that that does come down in part to the people that they had playing them. Uh-huh. Because even for the when they were saying things that were particularly cheesy, there was a kind of self-awareness uh-huh. that made it almost believable that yep. you'd be saying something that cheesy. Mm-hmm. You know, everything that happens in this film is kind of performed with a bit of a nod and a wink. Uh-huh. Not quite as much as like Sand Sharks. Sand Sharks is totally, utterly, hugely self-aware, it certainly tries to be. Um, whereas but too much. I maybe think. too much. Maybe too much. Um, so far, got his tongue up his cheek. It's up, up his own butt cheeks. That's a long jump. <laughs> so on that note, uh, we we're back to running again. <laughs> right. Okay. Let's move on. Let's move swiftly along um, and discuss Gil's choice for this week, uh, which is Jaws. The shark exploitation edits will take a short break and be back after this. The definition of podcast: a multimedia digital file made available on the internet for downloading to a portable media player computer, etc. Horror Podcast, a multimedia digital file featuring horror-related news and movie reviews that is available on the internet for downloading to a portable media player, computer, etc. Awesome Horror Podcast, any multimedia digital files that are available from the Horrorphilia Network of Podcasts via Horrorphilia.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and other outlets that you can download to your portable media player, smartphone, computer, etc. The Horrorphilia Network of Podcasts Currently feature nine different podcasts such as Horophilia, Much of Madness, More of Sin, Dolls of Despair, Horophilia Recommends, Zombies Don't Podcast, Horror Hits, and many more. For more information, check out Horophilia.com and click on the tabs labeled Horophilia Network of Podcasts or the Podcast Index. We're looking forward to have you as part of the flock. <laughs> okay guys, um, so we're back to discuss, uh, oh sorry, Jaws, the shark exploitation edit. Yeah. Um, Gil, would you like to say a few words about what this is? And uh, yeah, can you is, tell me more about it? Yeah, this is a, a fan edit that a man made of Jaws mm-hmm. because he's a massive fan of Jaws and really liked it. But he also likes to kind of grindhouse films. Okay. So he has taken all the kills from Jaws, of which there are only four. Mm-hmm. One of them he's actually edited out as well. Oh, is that right? Yeah, the old man that's found in the boat. It was oh, actually yeah, quite a disturbing scene when I was a kid and so he's He has taken quite a lot out of Jaws mm-hmm. and added in all the kills from Jaws 2 mm-hmm. and all the kills from loads of other shark films. Was one like some like Beach Party Massacre or something? Or Beach Party Shark Attack or something? Yep. Um, that's, uh, can you spot what you put of the fan edit that? One was? Yeah, I think I could. <laughs> yeah, because the only four people who die in Jaws originally are the the skinny dipping girl, mm-hmm. the little boy, mm-hmm. the guy whose death isn't seen, seen yep. and, uh, well, since Jaws is such a well-known film, Quint. Quint, yeah. True. But this film has a lot of deaths. And mm-hmm. You've just pulled up all the information of all the sources. Mm-hmm. 
the saga of the USS Indianapolis, mm-hmm. 1991 TV movie. Sure. What? Uh-huh. How? That's how geeky he's gone. Is yep. the bit when Quint's talking about the Indianapolis that he has overlaid footage from this old documentary to make it look more grindhousey. Planet yep. Terror is also one of the films mm. that he has used. I didn't notice that to be honest. I couldn't work it I, where I it saw was it from. in the credits, Planet Terror. Oh, uh-huh, yeah. I couldn't work it where it was from. Um, that particular part it goes it goes black and white from that bit, doesn't it? Yeah. It goes. Um yep, and he's added new music as well, uh, to the the piece. Uh, so there's Nanam Suri song, um Beach Boys, Surfer Girl. Metallica, the Unforgiven Three, which sure. is just the intro of Unforgiven Three. Uh-huh. Sure. Over uh, Quint's beautiful yep. speech. And then at the, the end, it all. comes back in. Yeah, uh, comes in at the, the title. It's yeah. the only good thing about anything off that Metallica album is that this guy went. This would work over Quint's wee speech, just sure. the piano and cello bit from the beginning. Yep. So that then at the end you get a callback where you go, oh, man, that's fucking Metallica. Yep. And the fact you've got Iggy Pop, who is uh, appearing at one point, referencing the shark, mm-hmm. almost because as the shark is out of sight, the music fades. Mm-hmm. So you get that wonderful bit when people are thinking the shark's gone, and you can hear the music just coming in again. Mm-hmm. So uh, this one in a vault, uh, when the shark, get the sorry, the fan of the uh, database, I think it won uh, an annual, an annual award and a monthly award as well, so that's pretty cool. Um, so, Gil, what are your kind of feelings about this one then that you'd... In fact, we'll ask Thomas, Thomas, what you, this, was this the first time that you'd seen this film? Or? Yeah, I actually have heard of it before you guys uh, gave it to me. Really? Okay. Yeah, it, uh-huh. it's that famous. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm sure I heard it. Mr. Commode talk about it at the time. I have various memories mm-hmm. about saying, "Oh, this is a really good edit that somebody made," and mm-hmm. it was a debate about fan, fan edits were actually at that time. We uh-huh. talked about it. Um, it felt like a completely different movie to tell the truth. Yeah. Um, it doesn't feel like Jaws. Only the last bit, really, of the movie actually goes back to the original movie. I think something is missing, but something has been gained. I don't yeah. know whether that was the intention because. Because of it, and be because uh, I think Mr. Spielberg's original cut, mm-hmm. the original movie, is super. It would never be beaten. It's for every but every single movie to do with a shark should follow the rules which are put in that movie. Yeah, uh, and um, it, 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 because he's actually increased the body count, I think something is lost. Uh-huh. Um, it's it's kind of a done with. A lot more seriousness than the actual movie. Maybe not seriousness, but maybe severity. Severity, yeah. yeah. Uh, scene, and I didn't know whether he actually, because there actually were extra parts of the Jaws movie that he took in out. There was actually extra scenes in yeah. the Jaws movie, Delete which um, which I haven't seen, uh, which I thought was interesting too. So, but that's maybe not anything to do with the cut. That was maybe because I haven't seen that version of Jaws. Uh, I think Gil was saying that, that those were deleted scenes that, yeah. that had been re- re-added in. Yeah. I can understand why and they were taking the quality because it is... Mm. Like, you can tell which ones are... Kind of sure. uh-huh. It also works in making the, the grindhouse style work. Or grindhouse. Mm. Sure. To tell the truth, I, I, I could not understand why he cut some of the bits out, Mr Spielberg. 
like the, the scene where he goes absolutely mad with the mayor is absolutely yeah. superb and I don't know why he's taking that out but uh, yeah I enjoyed it but I didn't enjoy it as Jaws I enjoyed it as a different movie yeah, that's that's the way I look at this fan edit is that I really like to watch Jaws and Jaws is a really nice slow burn film that Jaws, is, Jaws is barely a horror movie really. Yeah, it, gave, it's a gave drama. me nightmares as a kid. Mm. Actually, that's the only film I can ever think that gave me nightmares. And I lived nowhere near the sea at the time, <laughs> and I had nightmares where Jaws was running up the main street of the town. Now that's a surprise you shark know, attack. that's a fucking surprise <laughs> shark attack, that one. But Jaws was just one of these films that I'd always loved, and I think we probably shouldn't spoil the, the ending <laughs> of this, because... That's very different. It's, it's very different from the original ending of Jaws and you won't see it coming. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> so quite quite interesting uh, factoid is that the original film was 120 minutes, two hours long. Yeah. This edit is, is 100, 100 minutes long. Um, 44 minutes were cut from the film but 27 minutes were added to the film. Yeah. Um, so there's a significant amount of additional footage and uh, much more than, than I imagined. Yeah, I don't know if that figure surprised well, Also, you because or? he's no, I I was aware that he'd cut so much and added so much back in, but mm -hmm. because he has also, because uh, we should probably tell people you've never seen Jaws. I've never seen Jaws. No. So there are scenes in this that you would have been watching, thinking <coughs> that's Jaws, uh -huh, sure. but it's actually that's Jaws right. too. That's right. I can't believe you've so, never seen Jaws. Yeah, I think with this, uh, I missed out on a lot of the kind of most the better parts of it because of. Um, having having not seen uh, the original, um, but at the same time there were bits that that annoyed me um, that were cut. Like the, the main one that I mentioned to Gil was the music, the bam, music bam, shop bam, scene, bam, 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 uh -huh. which I just found annoying. I didn't I didn't see the serve the purpose, and it didn't seem to contribute to. His character took him in a different direction from from what the rest of the film seemed to to say, um, but then again, maybe I'm speaking from a position of somewhat ignorance, uh, having only seen this edit. Well, well, I think you should watch Jaws and then come back. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I think the that scene, like when you're familiar with the character of Quint, just to see him doing that one thing mm -hmm. that had been cut out of the film, where it just kind of takes you away with Quint for a little bit and it shows you that yeah he is just this uh, slightly mental cantanker <laughs> sometimes a bit bastard. of an asshole yeah, yeah. <laughs> the fact that he is intimidating this little kid and then he just when the, the kid has finally just given up and stopped playing mm -hmm. he's got this kind of wry smile <laughs> on his face mm -hmm. you know he's just like oh, that's another person that will never forget me sure yeah, I yeah, quite, and he wears clogs. Yeah, I quite like wearing the, clogs. The man. edit is that uh, he put in extra scenes, and I quite liked it that I saw more of Quint. To say the truth, sure. mm. uh, he's a, he's a, quite a iconic character. It's nice. It was nice to spend a little bit more time with him. Yeah, Robert <laughs> Shaw is brilliant as Quint. I think this film really picks up the more that Quint is brought into it, and just by giving you these extra scenes, it makes Quint's 
changing character towards the end, uh-huh. just that little bit more enjoyable to watch as well. Because I like the fact that that Quinn has a, a very alpha male approach to Hooper, mm-hmm. but at the same time he also has this respect that you're never really it's never really spoken until the point when they get drunk and uh. drink to each other's legs mm-hmm. <laughs> but like when Brody's saying how come he gets to drive the boat and mm-hmm. he says Hooper drives the boat chief mm-hmm. you know driving the boat is a pretty fucking big deal on a boat yep. and the fact that he doesn't even look at Hooper's knot when Hooper ties the knot for him. Mm-hmm. He's well aware that Hooper's going to know his way about because he's got all the gear and he knows everything. Sure. And he still belittles him in yep. front of the chief. But when the time comes that Hooper and Quinn are actually the proper experts, Quinn is saying things to the chief like, watch out for Hooper, you mm-hmm. know, be be more careful, mm. you know, so it's that's all part of Quint's character that I sure. think these additional scenes give you more information about, sure. like just his awkwardness and his uh, dickishness. <laughs> yeah, very cool, very good. Okay, Tom, should we get in front of the, into that one? No, I'm really, I, I watched it last night and I thought, uh, I hadn't had a chance to watch Jaws in a long time, so it was actually nice to watch a cut of Jaws, I think. Mm. Jaws is that movie that you can definitely watch over mm-hmm. and over. You would never be bored of Jaws. It's very easy to do in this country as well, because ITV3 seems to have it on every fucking Monday, Tuesday, what Wednesday, they do is Thursday. They, they, repeat, they showed also the bad version of Jaws. My favorite thing about Jaws, actually, was I remember uh, <laughs> when I was a kid, they did this uh, version of Jaws on Baywatch. <laughs> hey, absolutely dead. Yeah, and, no. uh, they literally, they destroyed a shark at the end of the episode. And literally, Pamela Anderson's uh, uh, character <coughs> explains what they just did to the shark and which movie it was from. <laughs> just wow. to explain, just to, that could not be talking down yeah. to the audience anymore. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, Jaws is an iconic film. Definitely. And I, I think the one of the things that makes Jaws so iconic is the fact that Bruce didn't work properly. Bruce did not. That's why I found it was weird to see more of Bruce. Uh, he had the credit as he well, credit. I really like that, at yeah. the start, when the man behind the mask has made the credits mm-hmm. and he lists all the, all the actors and it just comes up and Bruce. I would like to point out that one of the most scariest things about shark movies, which, some, which these ones, do, the movies we watch that do not actually, they do not actually pull it off, is before, you should have a little bit at the start of the movie where you do not see the shark, I mean nothing is scarier. Yeah. So it's important to see, we know it's a shark, we don't need to see the shark until we get near the end. Unfortunately, they can't, most of these kind of break that load a bit easier. And George does that perfectly because you don't actually get a shot of the, the full length of the shark until that point when it's swimming past the orca. I can actually give you the quote, that's the 20 footer, 25, 25, three thumbs on her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the the often misquoted line where it's we're going to need a bigger boat is actually you're going to need a bigger boat as yeah, well. Sure. But uh, that, is, that is just a beautiful line. Yeah, also I, my, I remember my dad pointing out at the time saying, 
uh, it's one of the best scenes in cinema because he almost swallows that cigarette. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really, is, I mean, Jaws is a film that you really need to watch, Roscoe, mm-hmm. because it has it has a lot of joy to it, and I think that the thing that this fan edit wanted to do was to take the essence of Jaws that everybody's familiar with, yep. and then. A fly another it, whale to it, yeah. But to fuck with it in yeah. a in a very endearing way, because yeah. the guy obviously really loves uh-huh. Jaws. I think that's what I said to you when I was well discussing this during the week, just just kind of shooting emails back and forth. Was that it's a fan edit for fans, and I think fans will very much enjoy it. People who've enjoyed Jaws will get a hell of a kick out of it. I'm in a position of. Relative ignorance, yet. of relative ignorance in that sense, um, but yeah, I uh, enjoyed it for. I enjoyed bits of it. Don't get me wrong, there was bits of it that I, uh, I found unnecessary and pretty. I don't know. It's it's just the way things were done, and like for example, the music over the top of him while he was doing that very, uh, that great speech. And the Metallica music over the back. It was so a wee bit loud, it's, yeah. Yeah, too much. Um, then there's another bit where they add they added music over the back of him doing the Indianapolis speech, the USS Indianapolis speech as well. And I mean, these are the, kind of two really great monologues in the film. And mm-hmm. I I felt as somebody who's I think I'm. I think it's fair for me to be able to comment on something like that, where yeah. I can I can appreciate the impact that that would have had without the music, and I think adding the music was a mistake there in that instance. There was a couple of things like that where where I was annoyed by it more than anything. Um, but as I say, the film, the original film, is always going to be there. It's not taking anything away from the original film, and it's doing something that's completely different. Well, it does take something away. It takes forty minutes away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> minutes. Well, that, that film's yeah. that film's always going to be there. You can mm-hmm. always go and watch that. Whereas this is doing something a wee bit different. So, I'm kind of more, I'm quite relaxed about it. I think, to be honest, quite happy to let them do, do their you, thing because it's. Do you think that with this being a fan edit, mm-hmm. that it, for what it is, mm-hmm. it justifies actually getting a DVD release. No. You sure? I, I think. I think it would be like a nice good extra to the actual uh-huh. job. Well, yeah, like a mono Blu-ray uh, collection or yeah, something, something like that. that. I think there's there's bits of it that are very amateur, and um, the majority of it isn't. The majority of it seems very professional, but I mean the stuff that's amateur is. Uh, the things that annoyed me most, I suppose, were the title sequences. The title sequence where he's got this terrible font, and um, the music being too loud. But at the end of the day, there's very little that a fan editor could really do to without the original master tapes. Do if if this was going to be an official release, this is a hypo- very hypothetical. Um, but if that was going to be a a, a release. There's every chance they would have access to those kind of things and would be able to do that um, more effectively um, and to 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 uh, everybody's advantage. Um, But yeah, it was uh, relatively good fun. Um, I suppose I think I think fans' jaws will will very much enjoy it. 
Um, it's because it is, it's gory, it adds X number of additional deaths and so on, as you say. Yeah, a lot um, of fun deaths as well. Yeah, and we've got uh, like the surfer girl sequence and things like that that have been added that are pretty good fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, as I say, it's a fan is something that I'm kind of uh, un- unsure about and uh, trying to see whether it's something that I necessarily think is a good thing or a bad thing. The I think, as you say, it's too big a, it's too big a topic. Too to big say, a world uh-huh, to really. actually say that it's a good thing or a bad thing, but. Um, it's like discussing remixes. Yeah, sure, sure. Well, absolutely. And this is a visual representation of a remix, really, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that was Jaws, the Sharksploitation edit. Coming um, soon to a pub near you. Hopefully. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully yeah. yeah. Yeah, this would be interesting to watch in a pub with a bunch of friends, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think I it think, would be. I think it would be, yeah. <laughs> what do you think, Thomas? Would this be fun to watch in a pub with a bunch of friends? Mm, I can imagine it being played in the background. Sort of like a, a big nightclub, and then people would be who are bored in there are watching it, thinking, "Oh, Jaws," and thinking, half cool. drunk, thinking, "I'm gone." <laughs> yeah, that's not Jaws. Yeah. <laughs> so cool. Um, so we'll take a short break, and then we're about to wrap up the show. Wrap it up like a Christmas present. This is Jamie from Devour the Podcast. Do you enjoy horror commentary with straightforward honesty? Oh my god, fuck this movie. Fuck this movie so hard. Oh my goodness, you know, I, halfway through this movie I was just like, let's get this thing going. Fuck this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Humor and an obvious passion for the genre. I like the cut of your jib. The ceiling, Grandma. Don't make me get out the broom. Oh, your tears are like wine. They used to call that the vapors. Cupcakes are kind of the Schindler's list of desserts. It's it's a, a pure good. I love the idea of up-and-coming horror directors taking on the found footage genre. I really, really like that idea. And that's really the worst thing you can commit as far as filmmaking is concerned, is making a film that's just average. Well, that doesn't really inspire any kind of exactly. discussion, whether it's, you know, to rip it apart or, or praise it. Then you should spend time with David and me. And Bo. As we discuss horror films from old classics. Deep Red. Empire of the Ants. Lisa and the Devil. The Baby. The Toxic Avengers. The new favorites. Absentia. Cabin in the Woods. The Loved Ones. Shadow of Death. VHS. The Woman. Check us out on iTunes or at devourthepodcast.blogspot.com. Devour the Podcast is a proud member of the Horrorphilia Podcasting Network. Okay, guys, and we're back. Um, so, uh, Mr... Thomas Hughes is with us. Um, again. Dr. Thomas Dr. Hughes. Dr. Thomas Hughes. <laughs> Why does um, everybody that comes on this want to be a doctor? It's <laughs> doctor only ball. Neither, neither of them are. No. Neither of them are. I'm um, a doctor. You're a doctor. You're uh, a doctor. Yeah, yeah, you want conclusions yeah. about the sharks. Um, uh-huh. Yes, uh, I would like to say go watch Swamp Shark instead because that is the more superior movie. <laughs> really, really know it. So that's uh, Christy Swanson. Yeah, I would uh-huh. like to point out that Swamp Sharks was one of the uh, the movies that uh, was came up, and uh, I that was Swamp Sharks and uh, Sand Sharks, and I'm not counting Jaws. Um, the shark flotation ever in this, and I'm including Mega Shark in this mm-hmm. too. Sure. Uh, Swamp Shark was the one I actually enjoyed the most. Really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, what I did think you enjoy about it? So I much? think it's because uh, uh, it doesn't go over the top. Uh-huh. Like in Mega Shark, the shark is fucking enormous. Mega. <laughs> <laughs> mega, if you will. Yeah, he's yeah. big shark. Uh, 
this thing and sand sharks. Uh, <laughs> I am actually I've seen the, the word sand sharks. I've spoiled it. There is more than one sand shark. <laughs> that's the thing. The title. In, yeah. Sand sharks, so yeah. Okay. But the thing about swamp shark is. It's one shark. Actually, now you fucking spoiled that for me. <laughs> so, <laughs> but the, the, it, it follows the Jaws rule. It's a vicious killer. The idea is that there are people. We've got. A, there's people who want to kill the shark, uh -huh. and there's other people in this that mm -hmm. say, "Ah, oh, this shark ain't no problem at all." You know, the technical bad guy. Tito Ting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're saying, "Oh no," you know, the same. I'm Jaws about the mayor who's saying there is no problem, and the other ones don't believe it. It's the same formula. Uh -huh. And also, what I also liked about it is the shark in it. He has an arsehole radar. If you're an arsehole in this movie. You will die. He will get you. There's <laughs> like a cop who's spying on some. Yeah, but actually, the thing about that. Sweet, yeah, sweet sex. the thing. Actually, I don't think he's actually one who I think is least deserved to die okay. because he's only just a perv, and the rest of them isn't that bad. But that is actually out of all the shark movies I've seen, the the cop that dies. Mm -hmm. It is my favourite death. <laughs> so that is the reason you should watch Swamp Shark because uh, I couldn't believe it. I actually went and got my, my girlfriend from the other room and said, you have got to see this. <laughs> it was actually a moment of, my God, that is brilliant. So yeah, I want to give some, some love for Swamp Shark as well. But what, what sort of shark is the Swamp Shark? He's, just, he's a Swamp Shark. That's what he's he is. Just a, a new he's a regular shark, but he has really sharp teeth. <laughs> Do you know who's, go, who's in it? It's uh, Robert uh, Darwin. License to kill. Uh-huh. Yeah. He's, uh, bad, he's the bad guy. I also really enjoyed him in Swamp Shark. He was there. Excellent. I'm pretty sure on his headstone it's not going to say Swamp Shark. No, it's not. <laughs> it's going to say Swamp Bond villain. <laughs> yeah, I think Bond villain a little bit more important than corrupt yeah. sheriff. To tell the truth. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I would like to uh, big up a little bit of, uh, of Swamp Shark as well. And uh, I'm, I would like to also point out that when I do finally get round to Megalon Free. I will put a little review in it on the uh, on your lovely website. Guys. Oh, very cool. <laughs> well, if, we, if you would write that, that would be excellent. It might be just three words the same. Maybe a barrelman, barrelman, barrelman. So the information you need, baby. Yeah. Uh, yeah so, um, or maybe just the quote from the movie. <laughs> maybe the second best thing that John Barrowman's ever done after the movie quiz. Yep. <laughs> Behind the, that's an old reference. Yep, 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 yep. I suppose so. Um, can I, uh, um, I wanted to talk about, I didn't point it out earlier on. Um, Bruce Lee? No, I was talking about the slanted screen, but one of the movies I did watch a little bit, be, last time I was on here, we talked about Dr. Oni Ball with Alone in the Dark. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the movies I did get a chance to watch, which you should definitely try to catch, is Heckler. Uh, Equa, right? Yes, uh, I managed to watch that. Uh, Mr. Ball appears in a little bit in it. Uh-huh. Heckler uh, is a documentary uh -huh. uh, done, oh, by, yeah, done by Jamie Kennedy. Yeah, it's awful. Oh, Jamie Kennedy theme. Because uh -huh. um, <laughs> Jamie, Jamie Kennedy just wants people to validate Jamie Kennedy That's as true. a funny comedian. Yeah, I and thought that true too. He uh, at one point challenges a couple of fans because they said, he said, why don't you like me? And they said, because you're shit. Yeah. And he was going, how, how can you sit there and tell me that I'm shit? This really upsets me. It's like, man, every single bit of your stand-up routines that you've cut into this film 
that's supposed to be backing up your argument is fucking awful. It's diabolical shit. You right. know, like the Jamie Kennedy experiments, main good thing that I had going for it was <laughs> that it very seldom featured Jamie Kennedy on the screen. Yeah, I would I would think that the worst thing in the movie is probably Jamie Kennedy. He doesn't yeah. make a very good protagonist, if you will, in the movie. You have no sympathy for him because of the way he approaches the subject. Mm. Whereas some of the people that he interviews have got some really fascinating and interesting things to say. That's why I said you should definitely watch the movie to understand about the subject. It's interesting how the movie actually works. It starts off in talking about a stand-up comedian and it goes on a little bit more about the film uh, aspect of the heckler and um, I will agree with some of the things even though he's not a very likeable doesn't come across likeable on screen I think on purpose he's actually he's, he's on purpose he's trying to come across as unlikable and it doesn't work um, because he just comes across as unlikable yeah <laughs> uh, he generally kind of instead of just coming across uh, in that way um, but some of the stuff that was written is absolutely horrible and he, and he, there is a reason yeah. I do think why did you write this and a lot of the, the you do think of uh, a person sitting down in front of the keyboard and um, he interviewed the keyboard yeah, warrior yeah, at one to, point but uh, there is a, um, a kind of punchline about it in that the only man that is honest about uh, his movie is the one that wrote for a serious press movie a press, literally a newspaper man, who literally does say to him face to face, it's awful. But when it talks to yeah. about uh, the uh, the keyboard warriors, is they are not willing when they are faced with the uh, the person that they have slated, sure. that they are not willing to say this to his face. And that oh, is maybe a journalistic quality that is missing. I, I would like to have seen that examined a little bit more uh, and it was also I felt a bit like this is literally what a troll is like when a troll is encountered with the thing that they are they are yeah. have, they have they back down but when it comes to a serious they are re ready but to embrace it I think there was a reason for that though mm. because like, he does interview a couple of kids that really didn't like him and they explained to him and He's trying to make them feel bad for not liking him. Yeah, and exactly. one of them says, you know, well, yeah, I, I fucking paid, uh -huh. and you weren't funny. It's it's entirely my right to review your show, and yeah. I thought it was shit, so I wrote it was shit. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, I would like to point out but that the, the, the interviews are skewed uh -huh. because the people that he tries to make it look like he has got one over on. Uh -huh. They're edited by people that are on Jamie, Jamie Kennedy's side. Right, and they right. are also in a room with the people that are working for Jamie Kennedy. So it's sure. like the production crew against a person. Yep. So everything in this film is entirely selected. against them, yep. So I, I would love to see what the actual honest opinions are. Because if this is the nicest thing that Jamie Kennedy could make about his stand-up comedy career, yeah. The actual truth must be really fucking brutal. I honestly think it's a great movie and you should go watch it. Um, so also because there is a little cameo by Dr. O'Bull in it uh, talking when we go over to go see his uh, boxing match. Yep. And he gets in the ring with these 
well, genuinely, they are the keyboard warriors, as you explained uh, yeah. later on. And they honestly did not think they were going to be boxing this man, to tell yeah. the truth. And what, what did you think he was? He's serious. He's, he's they thought it was for charity. Yeah, they he thought, thought it was he, he is really going to fight you. <laughs> joking all kinds, but no. No, yeah. I really, I really, he is really angry with him. What do you expect he's going to be? <laughs> it does make him look like more of a dick, though, the fact that the whole thing is set up with a whole charity event. So they're thinking, oh, this is going to be a bit of fun, and then he's just like punches the crap out of them. Like, so <laughs> he gets, he gets it. for like ten minutes. But I, but I actually did not feel sorry for you know. I understood why he's punching him because they they are making fun of his career. That is his livelihood. <laughs> I, I think the kindest thing I can say about Jamie Kennedy's career is that if you're interested in watching Heckler. You can currently buy it in Poundland. Yeah, uh, anyway, yeah. Oh, is that right? <laughs> Shitloads of coins. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, please uh, check Heckler out. Um, I honestly would like to see another book. Heckler 2. Yeah, I would like to see another version of this. Yeah, Heckler would have been a much better film with an impartial person behind it. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, it, as I said, it sounds like. It's a, it's a very interesting subject matter. It reminds me of this book I read a little while ago called I Killed, which is... Uh, Jimmy Kennedy's future based <laughs> on his mental state at the end of well, the Well, I Killed is to describe the American perspective of like dying on stage, basically. Yeah. So this is like, it's just like uh, a number of American comedians describe their worst experience of doing stand-up uh, comedy. Uh -huh. It's yeah. a, another interesting book about the perspective of being funny. Uh, and this is... An interesting the the idea of being funny is an interesting thing. It even comes up in another documentary that you should definitely watch, The Aristocrats. Yeah, uh, the Aristocrats I, is really good. But didn't like that one at it's all. heavy going though because you do have to sit through all the, oh, the versions of very the repetitive. But um, again, the 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 analysis of being funny is something you should talk about. And the uh, obviously Hackley you should definitely watch because it got Doctor Oboe punching the lights out of some kids. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's does he actually make a documentary out of that? Like Rachel no, Ball or uh, whatever happened? Well, not that I've ever seen. I, until uh, I bought Heckler, I'd only ever seen. YouTube clips uh -huh. of the, the fights, and that's pretty much all that you really get. Yeah, yeah. But the the really interesting thing about Heckler is the the insights that you do get mm -hmm. into well, not only Jamie Kennedy's warped mind where <laughs> he's like the the most hilarious person ever who shouldn't be mocked. Yep. But also into what he thinks is suitable for a documentary about comedy. Because sure. there's a, a segment in it that just addresses the fact that a girl who has a boyfriend and that the boyfriend is in the room is trying to come on to Jamie Kennedy and find out where he's going after his show. Mm -hmm. And Jamie Kennedy's kind of trying to ignore her. And mm -hmm. I think he talks quite nicely to the boyfriend. Uh -huh. And then they go outside after she's left oh. with the boyfriend and she's standing outside screaming at the boyfriend and hitting him and punching him. And they've put this in the documentary like as if it's saying something about Jamie Kennedy and his like fucking rock star comedy penis or something. I didn't think it was about that. I thought it was more about these, uh, They before they even went to that girl they were talking about the bits where uh, drunken women are actually the worst people to have in an American audience on stage because they can get away with whatever they want. Sure. And it's just an example of it. 
So, yeah. <laughs> I still think it was a bit wrong. Don't it was wrong, but I, I'm, I, 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 I kind of understood where they were going with it. <clears throat> but it's, yeah, it's well worth checking out. Yeah. And if you enjoy it, you should then also look out Stuart Lee's uh, Life and Death of a Stand-Up Comedian book. Is that good? Because it's, it's fascinating. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of really good insights. And three of his stand-up shows that have uh, been... Slaughtered? Criticised? Uh, Mocked? No, Released uh, on DVD? Mm -hmm. No, uh, well, it's a book. Uh -huh. So they... <laughs> oh, right, okay. Uh, uh, transcribed. Transcribed, okay. So it's three, so, three of his DVDs that are available to watch with the routines from them transcribed word for word, including the, the words from the audience as well. Sure. With very, very, very lengthy footnotes mm -hmm. about how the the natural beat of a joke works mm -hmm. and how a certain joke works in one place but not in another sure. and why this happened, how a joke was formed, how it mutated and it's, it's really fascinating but especially if you watch the three routines before reading the book, Very because, good, yeah. because then you've got them in your head. Yep. And as you're reading through it, you, you can see where there's the wordplay. Yeah, sure, more. sure. Very interesting. Awesome. This so, is Gillen Roscoe's Bodacious Horror Podcast. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thomas, have you got any wise words to kind of draw everything together? I know you thought about some kind of overarching theme for the sharks that you were going to mention. Um, I think the overarching theme of the sharks are. If you want to do a horror movie uh -huh. and you've got a budget of a million pounds, uh -huh. put a shark in it, you'll make it. <laughs> <laughs> so, on that note, you're listening to Blair Witch Project, it'd been so much better if the, the Blair shark been a shark. It would have certainly been amazing. Sharknado has proved this, come on. <laughs> so, we'd like to thank you very much for listening. Uh, thank you, the shark. Uh, oh, team. I, got, I do have another point. Okay, um, god damn it. Uh, yeah, um, why are sharks always picked on it all the time? Dolphins are the real assholes of the ocean. <laughs> the assholes of the ocean? Uh, dolph dolphins do actually kill So, yeah, kill um, their why own has man. nobody made a killer dolphin movie as belong? Well, there we go. There's <laughs> a gap in the market identified by your man, Thomas Hughes. So, Thomas, thank you so much indeed for joining us. Thanks. Genuine nerd Thomas Hughes <laughs> joining us uh, on the show once again. Greatly the late appreciate Thomas Hughes. The late Thomas Hughes was he was. I'm not dead. Quite late. Um, <laughs> no, so you missed the train. <laughs> I did not miss the train. The train was late. The train no, missed you. Train missed me. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for listening. We uh, really appreciate it, particularly this week. Um, <laughs> uh, if you're looking for a disparaging person to be on your podcast <laughs> <laughs> so uh, also like to thank our pod pals as always uh, develop podcast night 11 podcast the phantom, phantom eric, eric. Uh, once again if you want to check out our episode of the phantom eric um, we did a discussion of the horror of Dracula, uh, which is very cool and very yeah. exciting and we should also apologise to Eric but yet again what we've managed to do is make anybody else's podcast we appear on just so much longer than usual. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Eric's well known for 40 minute podcasts. We appear. Yep. 87 minutes. Perfect. <laughs> so guys, thank you very much indeed for listening um, and we'll be back next week for more uh, good stuff. We've got uh, an episode with 
two interviews this week. It's a, uh, next week coming. Um, so we've got the director of Coyote, uh, Trevor Younger. Yeah. Um, and we've also got uh, the director of great movie, uh, Cockneys vs Zombies. And that's Matthias Hoda. Yep. So two great directors and two great films. Uh, both the definitely. Two great zombies. Yeah. As well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, Check that out when it comes out. But guys, thank you so much again for listening. You can find us on Twitter at Bodacious Horror and at Gil Rokitansky. Absolutely. And are you on the Twitter? I'm not, yet? but my bro will be sending me next week. I am anonymous. There we go. Cool, <laughs> cool. Um, leave a review on iTunes if you can. We're on Facebook, uh, bodaciousshorror.co.uk. And you can stream our stuff and Stitcher and all that jazz. So, guys, catch you all next week, and thank you very much indeed for listening. Cheers. Bye. Unpleasant dreams, darlings. <laughs> <laughs> That's the creepiest Elvira I've ever heard. <laughs>